0: The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. Pinball is a game
1: of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for The Pinball Show. It's pinball with personality. Hey everybody, we're back with the Pinball Show, episode number twenty. We are your hosts, Zach Minney and Dennis Creasel. Dennis, did you miss me? We had a week off. Yeah,
2: you went on, you went on vacation. You don't do, you do that like every eighteen months or so. Oh, I'd say.
1: feels like I needed a vacation really, really bad, and we went down to the beach. Now, before everybody starts freaking out and like, oh my gosh, he wasn't wearing them. no, we we actually spent a little more money. We rented a house so that we weren't in a resort. The house had a pool and stuff. Uh, on the beach that was all residential so it wasn't a resort so there wasn't anybody really on the beach so it was just a really nice let's get away from everything time with the family and i still had to deal with pinball Mm. well that's your life it is it's my livelihood yeah it was it was fun though i had a nice break so listeners sorry for the break Uh, honestly i don't know who needed a break more from me the listeners or dennis creasel (laughs) <laughs> Did you miss me at all? Just, uh, just, uh, un pequeño, just a little?
2: Uh, I mean, I was, I was busy that weekend anyway, so no.
1: Okay. Well, that's fair. How long would it, it take nice for to you think. to miss me? I don't know. One week, two weeks, a month. From doing what? A fortnight. Just miss me, me in general. Just in general. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what'd you do on, uh, what'd you do on 4th of July?
0: Nothing.
2: Really? A lot of yeah. people
1: stayed home. Did you watch any yeah. fireworks?
2: I tried to watch some outside, but, uh, I think the main city show was canceled. So where then that's normally near my house. So I can only hear the illegal fireworks. Do you like fireworks? Ah, uh, I mean, yeah, I like to watch them. I don't, I haven't set off a firework in years.
1: Really? Not even a, sp- yeah. I can picture you sitting in a lawn chair, uh, icing your feet down with, uh, your hat, of course. Uh, short shorts of of course, and uh, a sparkler, a single sparkler with a grin behind all the flames.
2: Mm, I can't remember last time I did that, but
1: mm. oh well. An M eighty kind of guy. What's your favorite firework? Um, I guess. Well,
2: visually, I like watching mortars. When
1: I was a kid, my favorite
2: one to uh to do were uh Roman candles. Oh, because <laughs> we go we'd be down, we'd be down in Arkansas, and I'd shoot them at the bulldozer. That the, my grandpa had out in the pasture. And okay. I, it was always too far away to hit, but I would try and hit it.
1: So, Got to get the right and then, angle.
2: Uh, I would take a regular, regular firecracker or ladyfingers, the real thin ones, and I'd put them in the old wood fence and stuff and try and blow chunks out of it.
1: Ladyfingers? I'm
2: not familiar. Mm, they're like a regular firecracker, but they're much thinner. huh? And so I could fit them into spots on the fence easier than the regular-sized
1: ones. You weren't one, one of those six sadistic kids point. that... Stuffed them in a bullfrog's yeah, yeah, yeah. butt or anything?
2: No, 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 nothing to animals. We take, uh we take smoke bombs and we take rocks mm-hmm. from like uh, the creek bed or road or whatever driveway and uh, color them with the uh, with the smoke bombs. Oh yeah, that's a lot
1: of fun. And parachutes. Oh, I do like parachutes
2: because uh, it's like 200 acres. So now most of it was wooded, but so you'd pop the uh, parachutes up and it was usually fairly breezy. So you'd have to run and try and catch yep. them. Except of course if they were the night ones, because you'd burn yourself on those. <laughs>
1: burn your hands on the flame yeah i remember that too you try to catch them you try to run and catch them before they hit the ground mm-hmm. yep that was a lot of fun any guesses to what my favorite firework is
2: yours are probably saturn rockets oh what are those those sound intriguing they're the little box of rockets that they always chase
1: people oh you're thinking of the ones meow,
2: meow, meow, yes that's what meow. they are
1: yeah. the annoying loud ones yeah meow,
2: meow, meow. yeah it seems like your sort of thing
1: no I like the ones that uh, you, they look like a they look like a uh, like a bomb but you light them and they spin and they go and they spin okay. on the ground those are the ones you know which ones I'm talking about
2: this I don't remember the name but I, I do know
1: them yeah name. I like those and fountains I'm a big fountain guy give me a good yeah, fountain and I'm good too. colors oh so yeah we had a lot of fun on vacation sounds like you had a lot of fun watching uh, virtual reality fireworks from your home. Yeah, my Fourth of July, I was actually working. Turtles never sleep. <sighs> do they not?
2: I think they sleep.
1: Do they? Do they go in their shell when they sleep? I don't know. One would. I think don't really they know do. anything about turtles. No, I'm still scared of them. No, I I took a trek up to Chicago. Um, to deliver and pick up machines, set up machines, set up a Medieval manish Royal. That was the first one I've unboxed and set up. That was a beaut. Um, and then dropped off to Bill Webb and, and Steve Beatty for the flipping Out streams. Dropped off a Tweedles for them to stream this Monday. Mm. And you know what? I think the following Monday they might have Dwight Sullivan in there hanging out. Oh, that's neat. That'd be a lot of fun. And then Bill bought an Elvira. And then, before heading home, it was 4th of July. I was already going to be getting home at like 1 in the morning. My whole day was shot. So I thought, you know what? I have to catch up with an old friend. So I stopped by old uh, Ken Cromwell III's house. We had a couple beers, sat on the patio together. It was nice. nice. I miss Ken. Do you? Yeah. I do too. That's some bullshit. See, you miss him, but I ask you how long it takes to miss me. But he's nice. nice to me and stuff i'm always nice to you dennis well come on dan dan i missed you i'm fired up you want to hear about some pinball news this week i don't care
2: fair enough it's time for tpn industry
0: news hi this is ken rudberg with your jersey jack update Keith Johnson, the director of software for Jersey Jack Pinball, recently appeared on Jeff Teolas' Pinball Profile podcast. In the interview, he talked about Family Guy's long-lost video mode, how there could very well be a co-op mode being added to future Jersey Jack games, and the fact that he's currently working on the final wizard mode for Jersey Jack's Pirates. Keith also talked about his unlikely love for a Gottlieb machine from 1980, called Counterforce. It was a great interview, and I highly recommend you check it out. It's now been over a month since Jersey Jack released a teaser video hinting at some upcoming innovations. Speculation is rampant on Pinside as usual, as everyone appears to have their own opinion on what this innovation could be. There has yet to be a follow-up, and let's hope that it's a matter of days or weeks rather than months before the suspense has ended. For The Pinball Show, this has been Ken Rudberg with your Jersey Jack update. Hey, this is Kaz with a quick American Pinball update. As more and more customers and locations have been unboxing Hot Wheels, we've seen lots of videos and pics of everyone having fun, so check out American Pinball's Facebook page for more pictures on that. And also video from the production line of games being built. There are also a few new videos that show off how easy it is to swap out your favorite Hot Wheels and customize your game. Also, Hot Wheels has a new code update that was released on July 1st. So everyone have fun playing pinball. Have a great week. For American Pinball, this is Brian Cosner.
1: Always great hearing from this correspondence. Not a lot of news this week, but we'll update you guys with a little bit here. We got a code update for Stranger Things, now at version 0.96. Getting closer. Very closer. Getting closer. Now, on this recent update, I don't know if we talked about the previous update, but there are some new multiball modes or some moments. One that's called Can't Stop This, and then one that's called Run Will. I I just want you to be on location at KC game con pizza east and be able to play this thing they're open now Uh, aren't they
2: uh all of our yeah all of our area on the kansas side ones that were hosting tournaments they are open i think stranger things is still at 403 club we've had some changes in who's operating Mm -hmm. where
1: so i I talked to the new uh the new operator jojo styles
2: Mm, yeah, JoJo is uh, is uh, operating out of uh, 403 now, and then I think Carrie Wing and mm-hmm. Nick Greenup uh, took over Pizza West and Nubs Pub from uh, Eric Anderson, yeah. who had been doing it for uh, the last
1: few years. Yeah, and we love Carrie Wing, so that's you guys. That's a good area. That's a really good area. Yeah, I was talking to mm-hmm. Joe Styles about some of the games he was bringing in. He's he's bringing some pretty cool games him and Carrie uh, to that to that area. So congratulations there. Now also in this code update we get some shooter knob support.
2: So did the prior code not support a shooter knob and we just had to <sighs> hit a button? You know, what does this mean? This was it's poorly ri- it's poorly written.
1: Now people say that I don't say anything negatively about any manufacturer that I sell for, but Do I'm they? here to tell you, yeah, that's what people say. But I'm here to tell you that embarrassingly the when they release this shooter knob, it is an illuminated one very similar to the uh, amber shooter Rod or knob on a uh, knob or rod. I like uh, they're I guess both the
2: end of it's the knob, the whole thing is, is the, the
1: rod. rod. They both can be very sexualized, but no, the it so it's illuminated like that JP or Jurassic Park knob. But when they shipped them out, customers were coming back and like, Zach, this one's broken. I need a new one, it's not lighting up. And I was like, All right, so I tried to install one myself and I was like, No, it's not lighting up. It wasn't fucking coded, Dennis, not even to light up. Uh. That's embarrassing. That's, yeah, that's embarrassing. I, I would agree. Yep, yep, yep. So when you ship them out, at least light them up. But now, not only does it light up, but it is very, very interactive. If you guys go look at the README notes on this code update, this thing interacts just like the regular uh, inserts within the game. So it's a really, really nice piece to add to a Stranger Things. I, I like anything that uh, is shiny and flashy. You guys know that. We also got some improved attract mode lighting. This code, we still have 0.04 left to go. The home stretch, that's usually when you get all kinds of cleanup and you usually get one more big moment. What I'm still missing in Stranger Things, Dennis, is some of the mystery awards are still a mystery to me. We see things like uncover map image. I want to know what the hell that is. We still see video mode, I think. Like what the hell is that video mode? I want I want to know what that means. So I hope they don't cop out and just cut it prematurely. So what say you, Dennis? As you're looking at this code now, I know you don't have a ton of time on Stranger Things. Is it redeeming itself at all?
2: Uh, probably not.
1: No, you don't think so.
2: I mean, it depends if you liked it initially and just needed a little more or not. I. I have never been enamored with what I've experienced with it. Mm-hmm. So I assume it's better now than what it was, but I don't know if I'll ever like it uh, much.
1: I, I, For some reason, this feels very similar to the relationship and the feelings people have with Guardians of the Galaxy to me. I think that's where uh, this is headed.
2: I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think the difference though is Guardians – layout was always loved. It was just the modes were, ter- I mean, you know, it was Great Groot point. all day Great and then point. it was orb all day. And then finally it got good code. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear a whole lot. All oh, right. There were some, un- you know, imbalanced issues with stranger mm-hmm. things, but most of the complaints have been around like the
1: mechanics of the Demi Gorgon and such, mm-hmm. not, yeah.
2: not the code. So yeah.
1: I, th- I think you that can't
2: this- code around bad geometry. Not rem- easily.
1: That's true. I remember uh guardians comes out toward the end of that code run they threw in things like cherry bomb multi ball and mm-hmm. and different things. So
2: I, I think Guardians Code got to an excellent place, so.
1: mm-hmm. and that's where I I honestly think that that's that's where this game is going to end up. It's going to end up. I already like this game more than I do Guardians. Um, and bias aside, they sell both of these games still. But I like I like the brutality of a Stranger Things. I like the theme a, a little better than Guardians. Do you not
2: find Guardians brutal?
1: I don't find it brutal. I find it mm. difficult. Um, I find it difficult. But brutal meaning like TNA, ball is chaotic, brutal. I don't well, see a on Well, I mean,
2: it doesn't have a right, other than the orb uh, shot, really. It doesn't have a sort of in-your-face bank like mm-hmm. Stranger Things and TNA do. That but-
1: True. Unless you miss that right ramp, then you're going to eat it. The left out lane on that Borg setup, that's the only thing that just pisses me off. But I hate that. Ba da ba ba ba. That little M outlane wire. Mm. It just yeah. Oh. I've
2: lost a lot of orb exits to Ooh. that outlane. Yes, too,
1: so. exactly. And the magnet swings you it know, around. Especially oh. because of
2: the magnet more than anything, really. But yeah. Yeah.
1: So I think it ends but up. We could complain way. about
2: left outlane drains all day,
1: Zach. Yes, we could. Why don't we talk about a little Teenage Mutant Ninja updates? Okay. 1.04. We got a new. Oh, they're done. It, well, they were done when it unboxed. I think they unboxed nice. it at 1.03. Uh, Mine shipped with 1.0, the pro that I had. But now they're at 1.04. The Cowabunga Wizard mode was not starting properly, so they did a fix to that. That was basically the only fixers. I, I, th- I still see them kind of tweaking this game over time. But boy, oh boy, this thing is clicking more and more every time I play it. It's still, code-wise, a bit chaotic because I don't understand. There's so It's so weird, Dennis. To have a game when you're so accustomed to Stern games coming in a a lot more bare than some other manufacturers, right? And you kind of grow with these codes, which I'm starting to like a little bit. To open up a game and to be at 1.0 or higher code, to have the whole game in there, it is a weird feeling. Because you're, you're not gradually learning these rules over time and adjusting and updating in your own mindset how to play this game it's all thrown to you. So for me, it's taking a little bit longer because Sullivan likes to do those hurry up modes, those little mini modes or the stacking here and there. So I'm still catching up every time I play a damn game. This is a great thing. But every time I play a game, there's something new that I open up that I'm like, holy crap, I wasn't expecting that or what is this that's going on? And a lot of it's lighting. The guy just freaking nailed the lighting on this. You still haven't uh, had a chance to play, correct?
2: No, we do have one on location now, though.
1: Ooh, intre- I did. Uh, I opened up the LE. Opened up the LE the other night, and it was—it's oh. a blast. It's a fun, fun, fun game. But this thing flows like Demolition Man. Honestly, maybe better. One of Borg's best designs. Now on the super awesome pinball show, they had Jeremy Packer, the artist uh, on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, also known as Zombie Yeti. Did you hear any of that interview yet?
2: I've heard the first half, but not the second.
1: I'm going to give you some tidbits from that second half here. Zombie Yeti, did you know this? He aesthetically doesn't like the Raphael hang glider.
2: Nope, I did not know that.
1: And that stuck out to me because visually when I first saw the game, that was the one of the things in the middle of the play field. I was like, what is up with that hang glider? Now in person, it looks a hell of a lot better. So I'm good with it now. But I was, I was hung up on that hang glider. And it was just nice to hear that aesthetically he was too. I know this because they were talking about uh, the LE cabinet having different different art on each side, whereas the Pro Premium, mm. they have a mirrored image on both sides. And Dwight and Borg were talking to Zombie requesting maybe some glider artwork on the left side of that LE cabinet. And that's where Zombie like, just aesthetically, that, that hang glider just didn't do anything for me. So... They discussed and they came up with the with the uh, the bebop and rocksteady underground drill machine or whatever, and I think they made the right choice. In person, that thing that thing's beautiful. You get that orange red that that really sets off the the green candy armor. I like it a lot. They were also talking with Jeremy Packer about some of the other games he has done and just art in general. I love that uh, he, he discussed Ghostbusters. Remember on the apron of Ghostbusters, the artwork where Rick Moranis is there and uh, Sigourney Weaver is there, the keymaster and the yep, yep. gatekeeper. So the, yeah, this got done having sex. So originally, Zombie Yeti had the art of Rick Moranis with his pants open, very uh, you know uh, true to the film, his pants right. uh, hanging open on the apron art. But he talked about he was kind of nudged into the direction of, nah, you need to button button up the Moranis pants there. Whatever happened to Rick Moranis? He uh,
2: retired to take care of his uh, kids. That
1: was a great actor. I love some of his early stuff. Even like, um, what's your favorite Rick Moranis movie? Oh, uh, Spaceballs. Spaceballs, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I love yeah, that series. Yeah, I- I've
2: seen that several times. Uh, I-, I really actually like Streets of Fire, but he's just a supporting actor in it. You know, I've never seen that one. That's uh, got uh, William Defoe in it. It's uh, interesting. It's sort of an 80s rock uh hmm. biker gang thing. It's it's a very strange movie.
1: Is it like a dark comedy?
2: Kind of more more
1: uh, actiony though than okay. comedy. I think uh William Defoe and his nuttiness.
2: <laughs> right, almost like a almost like a musical but set to a gritty 80s streets. Nice. Very nice. I mean the the characters aren't singing themselves so, well, a little bit. It's a uh, plot is like a a uh, female singer uh, is abducted off stage by this biker gang, and so this motley crew gets assembled to rescue her.
1: Son of a bitch! I'm
2: in. That'd have been a pretty good uh, pinball machine, Streets of Fire.
1: Streets of Fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> hundred limited edition Streets of Fire.
2: I think we could do two hundred, Zach. Oh. Streets of Fire.
1: Whoa. Okay. Well, I get your wallets out, everybody. Zombie. Yeti also discussed on that interview. That uh, some of the information that comes out from pinball media, he was laughing at. And he said, one of the most widely discussed rumors right now about an upcoming game and theme, he said, is dead wrong. Dead wrong. What do you think he's talking about? I have no idea. So I'm thinking it's Stern. Some of the rumors of Stern games are Godzilla, Jaws, James Bond. Jaws isn't
2: still a rumor, is it? Yeah. It's still okay, then that's, then that's you the think one that's, it? that's dead wrong. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe it's Godzilla. But we know they have the rights to Godzilla.
1: We know they do. But what they're going to do with them, we don't know. That's true. So which one, if you had to pick one of the three that you'd like to see made into a pinball machine? Jaws, Godzilla, or James Bond? You can only pick one. Now, all the other ones get burned.
2: Instinctively, I'd say Jaws then, just because it's the only one that didn't already have a pinball machine.
1: okay. That's that's but, fair.
2: But, you know, if it's jaws without the ability to Full really assets. do the movie. Full assets. Yeah, yeah, I'd say sure. I I really like jaws. I okay. I don't know if it works that great as a pinball machine, honestly. There's a pinball arcade, excuse me, pinball FX3 jaws game and it's not mm-hmm. that good, but there's stuff you could do with it. It's just I don't know. I don't I don't go gaga for it like a lot of people do, but I really like jaws mm-hmm. as a movie. When I was a kid, I used to pretend from jaws 2 that I'd take all the like my toy box and my bunk beds where I separated them so they were two separate beds and I would jump on them like I had strung all the boats together <laughs> to survive
1: the shark. Then the floor's lava man, watch out. Yes,
2: basically the floor's lava except the floor was
1: jaws. You know speaking of, I just got uh, this is not a lie. I just got a message uh from a I guess a, a fan of the show here and he we said We don't have fans. We don't?
2: Not pretty much not. Have you not checked Pennside?
1: I don't know. This is coming from, well, yeah, we don't on there. This is coming from a Brandon uh, out of Wisconsin. He messaged us and said, hey, Zach, I saw this and I immediately thought of you and Dennis. Hashtag baklava rules. And it was a meme of the hit show, The Floor is Lava on Netflix, but the floor is baklava. (laughs) That's weird. (laughs) It's very weird. First time he's ever messaged me. Thanks, Brandon. To end out our stern conversation here, Stranger Things Pro, we were talking about the code updates to Stranger Things, the Pro now has a, they're selling them a very limited number with a promotion called The Find. Have you heard about this? No, I have not. The Find is in very limited upcoming runs of Stranger Things Pros. You can find a piece of memorabilia or uh, like an extra add-on uh, for buying the game remember when the katana sword was found in i was some just games? thinking of
2: that and i thought i think they should just do a katana thing again i don't care if stranger
1: things has nothing to do with katanas the katana was badass
2: yeah, yeah. that's why i'm thinking just uh, just let have someone else have another katana
1: no this is so this is cool uh, but they're getting a lot of crap for it uh we'll see what you think so included in a very limited amount of Stranger Things pros is a cool gift from the upside down. Call your dealer or distributor while supplies last. So you could open this thing up and receive one of the following. A Stranger Things themed Ouija board. Um, a Stranger Things character set of Dustin Mike Will Lucas. Stranger Things Ego card game. A Monopoly game, Stranger Things. Trivial Pursuit back to the 80s with Stranger Things. Palace arcade mini arcade game there's a dungeons and dragons stranger things card set backpacks etc what are your thoughts about this because the first reaction from people was of course you can't sell these games now you got to give shit away
2: hmm well that wasn't my first thought it's 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 fine i don't think it's really going to motivate anyone to buy a game because they might win a monopoly
1: i mean no come on i think it might bump somebody over the fence though uh
2: i don't you don't? No, I just think it's like a neat little add-on. But I I don't, I don't, really don't know anyone out there that's like, oh, if only I got a like a card game <laughs> with this. <laughs> a Ouija I, board. I finally bought. Yeah, I'll finally buy. I just like, no, I just don't think so. Okay. Um, I just think it's like a cool add-on, like a katana, but not as cool.
1: So you it's think this is a nice gesture or do you think this is
2: yeah, just I- a... I, I don't think it moves units, so I can't, I can't okay. from a, like a marketing standpoint, other than it's like, hey, this is like a cool thing. Like it, it could breed goodwill in that way, but I don't think they sell a single additional game because of not it. Not a single. No. come on, Zach, we're talking like
1: hats <sighs> and stuff. I think you're wrong there. I think you're <laughs> wrong there yeah. because... Because you can get this stuff in other places. Of course, but that's not the point. The point is being able to unbox something. Uh, look at basketball and baseball cards. Look at some of these loot crates. There is a feeling of surprise and wonder whenever you can open up something and you're like, oh shit, like, awesome. Like, I got this extra thing. That's really cool. Like, even opening up a Rick and Morty and seeing a bag of cheese balls. That cheese balls bag was so insignificant and it's not going to move units, but it felt good to receive that. I don't know why. And I think there's a lot of people in just collectability not pinball but just in collecting when you think about youtube uh, videos and stuff unboxing mystery things crates and stuff there's a lot of wonder and a lot of splendor to this kind of idea people don't pay fifty five hundred dollars for a pack of baseball cards
2: zach it's not that they don't feel good if they open it but that doesn't make you decide you're going to buy a game all of a sudden it's like people don't go to comet and buy LEDs because they are going to get free candy in the box.
1: How great did you feel, though, when you, got, when you opened up your tops cards and you got one of those inserts, those rare inserts? You didn't collect sporting cards, did you? I collected baseball cards. Okay, okay. So how great did you feel?
2: I don't remember the inserts, though. Maybe I never got those. Really? Maybe my packs were dumb. I only <laughs> got stale gum.
1: Oh, you were the old school collector.
2: Like, I started to get out of it when they started doing, like, the foil cards and That's stuff. That's
1: what I'm talking about, the inserts. Like, inserts like a special edition or only one in 200 packs.
2: It's the same with, like, magic. But those things are sold on, like, the, you're buying the crate. You, pinball yeah, machines yeah. are not going to become loot crates where people buy them in the Why hopes not? of getting... Because it's too expensive.
1: I think this could be a really cool feature for certain pinball or Jersey Jack or somebody to do. Hear me out here, Dennis.
2: It's, I don't want to hear you out. I don't want to keep talking about this. It's not that it's stupid, but that you think that it will actually sell games is
1: shockingly naive. No, I think it can. I think if you put the right stuff in there, if you know that there is a signed George Gomez Katana stuff, yeah, Coke, (laughs) that might work too. But if you have 50 Katanas in the next 500 run of Deadpool's, I think it moves units. I think If, if you have... it was
2: something expensive, maybe, but not Monopoly or this. games what about yeah? shirts okay.
1: I'm with and... you there. But what about this? For example, Stranger Things Ellie comes out. Let's say they've got to move units of that or maybe the next game comes out, Ellie. What if they told you up front, hey guys, there's 500 Ellie's, but there are 20 random machines that when you receive them, they will have a clear-coated cabinet on them. Signed by the artist.
2: Are they having trouble
1: selling Nellies? No, even premium. Well, I don't maybe care. Do pick that a model. On the premiums. Yeah, pick a model. Premiums. Pros. I don't care. Pick a model. Now, but if knowing it's something, like- if it's something that directly
2: ties to the pinball machine, I could see it making a difference. Mm-hmm. Or if it's like something that you can't go to the store and buy that has value, like I don't. Maybe yeah, the katana could do stuff, it. But like, yeah. let's say that someone who bought a Black Knight Sword of Rage Pro was mm-hmm. going to get a full set of black knight armor real armor that's May, cool maybe exactly because that's that's or like just their that's, accessories c- that's thin, not like, cool it's awesome that but yeah you, it, but Monopoly's is not awesome so okay. you got to go to that level
1: you got to go that level but there's I, what i'm getting to there's something there what if one of your you know a select few of premium games already had the factory accessory armor on there that would be cool or maybe yeah. they have side blades already installed you know 20 of those units that would be cool. So it would always kind of be a, I wonder if I'm going to get something special in this a shooter knob on 10 of the models. Like I think there's but, something there. But well, given the
2: price point of the machines for that alone to make someone decide if they're going to take a chance and buy new, it just, it has to be significant. That's my yeah, only point.
1: I think it's a good point.
2: And these stranger thing ones are not significant enough that I think they make a difference.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I'd like to see companies maybe start doing that. They would get a lot of blowback because people are are angry about every single thing possible in the world. Yeah, I still think there's something there. You know somebody who loves loot crates that would be worth discussing this? Probably. Uh, Tony from the Eclectic Gamers podcast. (laughs) I wondered if that's who you were going to say. (laughs) Oh, sweet, sweet Tony. What would Tony think about this idea?
2: Um, I don't think he'd be too fond of it. No, I don't either. You know he doesn't listen. Oh, no, I, I to don't this show. I don't. FYI, know <laughs> if you if you thought he hears all your remarks, if he, he thought not I hear,
1: Guess what? Uh, If he did listen, he would tell you he didn't. So boom, you don't no, know for sure. He, be if he listens or not.
2: He would be honest with <laughs> me.
1: <laughs> he won't he, spare my feelings. No, he don't want to give in. He doesn't want to give in, Tony. I know you're listening. I'll keep a secret. I'll keep it safe. Speaking of the Eclectic Gamers podcast, one of the best damn pinball podcasts and mixed gaming podcasts out there. They there recently, are like
2: three of them, but thanks for that.
1: No, well, that's my favorite. Uh, you guys recently conducted a episode on marketing and pinball, and you had on special guest Travis Murie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, feedback's been really good, actually, about that episode. It had to be. That was one of my favorite EGP episodes that I've heard and you guys have done a lot. So listener, if you have not listened to the episode on pinball marketing with Travis Miri as co-host, do yourself a favor and go listen to that because that's like one of those cornerstone episodes where it can sit by itself as a piece of pinball history and discussion point that's just really, really important uh, and entertaining at the same time. Now, what is Travis Miri's background how do should we know travis murray well i didn't i didn't know him until uh less than a
2: year ago because he's uh, he's the oklahoma state champion he's a competitive player
1: he'd sinners. come up
2: for a, a kansas city event mm-hmm. and so that's where i learned his name we didn't talk at that event it's just i was i was uh commentating that tournament with tony okay and a lot of people in the chat knew him and were big fans of his at some point later on we started corresponding online and marketing came up and then i learned that he has well not in pinball he has brought products to market so
1: he had a lot of familiarity with marketing especially
2: launching a new new products Mm
1: -hmm. and And social media marketing
2: yeah 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 well the whole like how the whole marketing happens in this day and age when you're considering a home consumer to be Mm -hmm. more specific so given that we had had some on the side conversations uh Uh, Between ourselves and also Tony had some conversations as well. And so with all of this focus, especially after a lot of the discussions that kind of uh, spilled over regarding the Hot Wheels release,
1: another big episode for you guys.
2: Uh, It was like, well, and, you know, there was a lot of discussion about Hot Wheels because of some of the decisions that were made by American Pinball Mm -hmm. that setting aside anything about drama or anything. It was just it was like, is this the right way to do it? Mm -hmm. What about the other companies? Are they doing it the right way? So I thought it would just make for a really interesting episode. uh, And we needed someone who knew marketing because Tony and I do not have backgrounds in marketing. So um, so that we approached Travis and he said, yes, he'd love to do it. So.
1: Oh he's articulated well he's a nice guy. he's a big competitive player uh for those of you who are interested in Travis Murray after listening to this episode he goes but goes by Marv Loco on YouTube, and I think he streams as well um mm-hmm. and
2: he used to re- be a big call of duty streamer actually
1: yeah that he spawned or he's uh, partnered in everything on twitch
2: mm-hmm. yeah <sighs> no no so he he knew like lots of angles that involve pinball mm-hmm. like. Doing live streaming, uh, doing marketing, uh, trying to appeal to home uh, customers, uh, new product concepts because every pinball machine is essentially a whole new product. So mm-hmm. it's like he checked all the boxes, more boxes than I realized he would check.
1: So. In one episode too, we've, we we mm-hmm. always hear you know in the in pinball media about marketing. Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? They should do this. But this is one compilation, one just piece. It was so good. He described pinball marketing in that episode as, uh, he said, they still may be in the, quote, leather helmet era. It just really highlighted for me, you know what, that he is right. Pinball always feels like it's just a a hair behind on everything. Maybe it's the complexities and the manufacturing and such a niche, small product hobby or industry, but the leather helmet era in pinball marketing. What do you think he was talking about?
2: I think it, if I remember correctly, during the time in that conversation, that was really about how to approach home customers and try and get sales uh, Mm -hmm. because a a lot of the people in the industry have been in the industry for such a long time that they were used to the marketing through distributors to operators and that. So in that regard, I think some of them might still be approaching the the whole process like it was the 90s still. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think that's really what that was getting at was that be it because of just tradition, because obviously there are a lot of newer, younger marketers now that weren't working back then. But it seems like there's still this huge emphasis on here's what you give the, you know, you give the information to the distributors and the distributors sell the products. And then, you know, you've come up with these flyers, which are still oriented towards operators. And then mm-hmm. they've tried to tack things on to appeal to homeowners, but maybe didn't put in the best of thought into
1: it. And it's just so, not enough. Well, it seems
2: like – and so people will look to say, oh, well, here's what Stern does. So let's kind of just sort of copy what Mm -hmm. that is as best as we can. And maybe they can't copy it very well, for example.
1: Or I like that point that you're bringing up because he said everybody kind of by default tries to follow the Stern model in marketing and advertisements. But he said even Stern – in some areas, he, he disagrees with a lot of the current practices of mm-hmm. a stern pinball, of a Jersey Jack, of an American, you know, across the board. He does so in a respectful way, but he was even giving uh, tips and techniques on what some of these manufacturers could do to implement. They would see maybe an exponential type of growth or uh, reaction feedback from. Uh, he right. He's not crazy about, and I've said this forever, but people are like, they always poo-pooed me, but this guy says it, and now they agree with him. But he said uh, streaming a, a game, revealing your game via live stream, he doesn't like that idea.
2: No, he he touched on several factors for it, uh, fully acknowledging that he thinks a live stream is a useful component to of course. the marketing. So he wouldn't do away with those, but that they should not be like the focal initial reveal, mm-hmm. mostly because you can't control the environment.
1: Yeah, too much and, can uh, go
2: wrong. And the Hot Wheels was a good case in point because there were internet issues at the mm-hmm. factory where they were trying to stream from, and that undermined the that undermined the launch of mm-hmm. that of that process. And then also that because of how that's going to go, you know, it's this big focus on diving in on all these rules and all these shots. How does that grow pinball with people that aren't familiar with playing pinball? So yeah. in his world, controlled videos. Um, are better to you know, like mm-hmm. put together promotional videos that you, you start with that and also start trying to bring in people that are not just pinball people, but exploiting influencers, social media folks to yes. get you a bigger that you have to grow the pond. You have mm-hmm. to, you have to grow the pond if you want more sales, because so far most of these companies are only focusing on trying to get as many people within the existing pond as possible to buy the game instead mm-hmm. of just trying to grow the pond.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And he he really touched on the influencer, these mm-hmm. millions of subscriber-based influencers on YouTube, on Twitch. He said, and I agree with him, how can anyone argue that getting it into their hands makes the most sense? Because if you're trying to grow pinball and trying to grow the customer base and the player base, that's where you should go. You should go to the families of these big old streamers and these big old YouTubers because that's where you're going to get more eyes on the product. If it means he talked about giving away a machine or having some type of promotion, you do whatever you need, but that type of advertisement and marketing, you can't put a price on.
2: Right. And and I think, from what i'd heard from others before doing the episode a lot of people i guess seem to have this suspicion or maybe fear is a better word that that it won't work like mm-hmm. oh well if we give a machine to a to an influencer then it's that's like $5000 we just gave away and we don't get anything out of it like that's not going to generate sales and there was a significant portion of the discussion, really, between Travis and Tony, where they were talking about the type of influencers. Yes. Like, people immediately go and think about, oh, well, like giving it to video game people, and video games are so different because they're cheap. But Tony really brought up tech influencers who are all the time getting this stuff from other companies that are five to 10,000 plus products oh, yeah. in terms of cost. And
1: they sell, and it sells. Or even like if you think about some of these YouTubers, the families and stuff they follow around these families they do fun little gimmicks and th- mm. they're millions upon millions of followers th- these are family based machines they can be so yeah i've heard a Tony's to and
2: room? and my uh, my sister both have told me that when their when their kids started watching like those uh, the where they open the toys and stuff on yes. youtube and then it's like
1: they, they hate it because the kids start stuff.
2: asking for the toys all the time
1: and so much so that that ryan family um, the little boy Ryan and his family—they're multimillionaires now, and they have their own product lines of toys. Like, it, it's insane. This is where everything is going. He talked about that, and I, I've said it before: with live streaming—you have a controlled, maybe a pre-recorded stream. Like I remember, Ken and I were going to do the Rick and Morty reveal, and that's what we had planned out. We had uh, a multifaceted thing where you would have a pre-recorded live, and and Travis said it here, uh, Dennis. Travis said. Small, a small a game or two. Just give them a taste. They don't need to run it for two hours. Pre-record that. And then, uh, like Ken and I talked about, maybe have some of the developers talk and, and choreograph that whenever you are showing that. Then maybe you go cut to an interview, man. Maybe then you cut to a behind-the-scenes video. Make it a multifaceted approach. And that's what uh, Mr. Muri was talking about. He also said people need to utilize YouTube more. If you want exposure, he just... he. He preached that louder than anything. YouTube, 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 and Facebook.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of the, and that had more to do with search analytics and how people try and find content and that Twitch is not used for that. Yeah. So that he pointed out something I did not know, but that YouTube is the second most used search engine behind Google for finding stuff.
1: Isn't that wild?
2: And that's why it's so important. It's not, you know, it's nothing personal against Twitch. It's just, that's the way it is. That's the reality that you're living in. And he did, it, you know, he really focused on, well, he thinks a lot of that, the influencer, the YouTube stuff, that's the grow the pond part. But mm-hmm. obviously a lot of the strategy about even focusing within the existing pond, he did have quite a bit of praise for the Willy Wonka reveal. Yes. I think he felt that that's been the most successful coordinated yep. reveal that's been done in recent memory. Well, he talked about where-
1: like a, a collaborative approach.
2: Right, right, right. Where, you know, you had uh, the deep, the deep dive came out from this week in pinball mm-hmm. and you had straight down the middle, do the promotional video, which mm-hmm. dropped and you had special when lit interview, the interview panel yeah. and you had a live stream too that Buffalo pinball did at whatever show it was where all that was in unison
1: revealed. and knocked yeah. it out. And-
2: yep. All coordinated on the same day. And he said, he said he feels that sort of stuff works. And he, I think, you know, to, I guess, give a tip of the hat to you and Greg, he pointed to that video you guys put together, which has like 70,000 views. That's huge for our pond.
1: That's bigger than most all other promo videos Mm -hmm. in pinball history. Not just and in to, last year, pinball right. history,
2: and to and to him, that's a case in point about that 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 view count proves that that strategy works better than what most are usually doing.
1: Well, not only that, that's a that's a good point. But I would I would push it over to Buffalo Pinball too. I heard on the recent JJP podcast with Ken Cromwell, they said that um, I think it was Joe Katz and Kevin Manny from Buffalo Pinball were on there, and they said that that reveal, that Willy Wonka reveal by Buffalo Pinball, was the single highest concurrent viewing uh, pinball reveal in history
2: yeah no it's not well I, well i wanted to give you you and greg your dues it's the emphasis that travis really had was this coordinated it was all yes. it all worked together mm-hmm. it's not like just doing the straight down the middle thing was was the yeah, right answer. it all helped it was, a, one it, was another. A, it was a right answer but mm-hmm. that this was all layered it was all the same day it was all structured and coordinated and pre-arranged that you know there was actual thought put into it.
1: And then if you can have that, but also have your big influencer that gets a hold of it probably right before to announce it's, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I think, I think the issue with the, the idea with the influencer there is that is, that doesn't have to be same day Nope that, that doesn't. the value with that is just to get the product exposed to more people than you're ever going to do by having, like, imagine someone came to me, uh, who, and said, Dennis, would you stream this game and, and. You know for exposure purposes, like, yeah, I can, but who watches my stream? Pinball people, yeah. Would you like some non pinball people to maybe see the game? If so, I am not your right answer, yeah. That's, that's a
1: good point. I couldn't, and I bigger influencers getting a hold of this thing and revealing these machines selfishly, it doesn't help out my brand at all, but I still think it's the right decision. I still and think I, that's what they should I do. Think
2: Because, and we just talked about like the 70,000 views with the straight down the middle Wonka video. I think a lot of people, we just say the word influencer, it sounds sort of, you know, it's like a, that sounds like some stupid millennial thing.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, But understand that some of the people that do these reviews, like in tech and gaming broadly, uh, (laughs) y'all don't understand the numbers we're talking about. These people have millions Mm -hmm. of followers and subscribers, millions.
1: They truly influence the market yeah.
2: the title the title is warranted whether you think what they do professionally is stupid or not their title is warranted they actually can move markets they i wonder have if that many
1: people i wonder if in their comment sections they're called shill bastards <laughs>
2: Some might be. I, I remember there was blowback on influencers uh, back when it was sort of, and this was like within the last 10 years, sort of more Wild West and people weren't disclosing when they were being paid by companies, which you uh, should always do. Yeah. Which is why like on Eclectic Gamers, if I get money for something or I get a free download code mm-hmm. to try something, I always announce it because yeah. I need to let you guys know if someone's giving me something It's yep. important.
1: I I completely agree. But yeah, Travis was talking about YouTube, Facebook streaming is even increasing in popularity with the fall of Mixer here as of late. He predicted that YouTube and Facebook streaming and live streaming was actually going to get an uptick, and you may see them even rival or surpass that of Twitch in the coming year, years, decade. Who knows? Yeah,
2: we'll have to see on that. The numbers. You were
1: were, uh, surprised by that. I'm skeptical.
2: I'm skeptical. I know that Facebook growth, uh, Facebook gaming is what I believe they call their live stream feature. Its growth numbers are really good. Like Mixer's growth was terrible. Uh, Facebook does have good growth. Facebook's also a highly controversial company, though. Hmm. And YouTube has seemed to struggle, in my view, has seemed to struggle with the live streaming aspects. It's gotten better. Uh, I watch some stuff live streamed on YouTube. Uh, it's more that YouTube has advantages out, aside from the live streaming that it integrates in so cleanly with. So mm-hmm. I I mean it's possible that something could dethrone Twitch. I just I I just am skeptical because I think once you've got so much market share you have to almost screw it up to lose it but and maybe they will. I don't know. I mean, mm. they've been dealing with a whole lot of sexual harassment, allegations, stuff that, the, but they're taking steps. Yeah, See, I heard they you guys they talking know about that there's that. a threat. There's yeah. a threat to their brand because they've been seen as too lax, especially on popular streamers.
1: Yeah. And who
2: have accusations against them.
1: Oh yeah. I heard you guys talking about Dr. Uh, disrespect. disrespect. Yeah. No
2: one knows why he's banned yet.
1: Hmm. All these bands. What's going on? Yeah. Cancel culture uh
2: most of the time if it's been because of uh anything sort of sexual harassment oriented twitch has said so
1: well, yeah so yeah i'm waiting for the cancel culture reaper to come knocking on my door zach your shilling days are over so again i am biased because you were my friend and i really enjoy your eclectic gamers podcast but i am telling you guys go listen to that episode it was very very enjoyable. And thanks again to Travis for going on that show and, and enlightening a lot of us. And go check out his stuff. Now, Travis is sponsored as well. We have Flipping Outs working with him. So we're working with Travis on videos and some of his streaming and stuff. So I'm looking forward to Travis's work. And speaking of pinball media, this uh, alert, selfish plug here. Very selfish plug, but... I'm very proud of this, and this is my platform in which I get to talk with you, listener, uh, who I consider a lot uh, friends, um, That straight down the middle of Pinball Show. Dennis, you're familiar with that uh, YouTube channel, right? Yeah. We recently met a pretty big milestone that I am just so, so proud of. A million views. One million views. We just crossed the finish line, and that is that is small based on a lot of a lot of popular YouTube stuff. But damn it, to us, it means so, so much. We've been doing this for three years, five months, around there. So three and a half years. We have nearly 6,000 subscribers now for Straight Down the Middle of Pinball Show and about 250 videos. But in that amount of time, a little over three years, getting a million views, Uh, Is something that I want to thank you listeners. If you guys watch that show or watch the streams uh, or the associated shows on YouTube related to straight down the middle, thank you guys so much for helping us pass that milestone. We're excited to hit 2 million and recently our speaking of numbers, our channel is kind of blowing up right now, Dennis. We have in like the last month, over 600 subscribers in the last month and over 60,000 views. Plus, in just the last month alone. So we're starting to finally catch, uh, Travis and I talk about that, some of that exponential growth that's going outside of the industry of pinball alone and kind of probably venturing into hobbies in general, toys in general, gaming in general. So um, we are very humbled by it, and we are very appreciative of all the support we've got over the last couple years.
2: Well, Zach, uh, I will say to you and Greg, congratulations. A million in pinball is a massive milestone, I think.
1: Yeah, thank you. Well, hopefully, on one of the next SDTM videos, you'll see maybe a promotion or a giveaway to celebrate this. But thank you to thank you to all. Now, we recently did some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles videos on Straight Down the Middle. Did you get a chance to check any of those out, Dennis? No, no. <laughs> I didn't think so. You know, no, what kid- I heard
2: one was like, and I I know these are really popular with people, so I know I'm just an anomaly. But I I don't need to see someone who can't eat pizza.
1: <laughs> poor Greg. It was so redeeming for me because it was finally a video that I got the support. People said I won the challenge in the contest. and people For listeners that don't know, we did a recent video and unboxing on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where staying true to the original film and a Domino's pizza, we had Greg Bone try to eat an entire large pepperoni pizza quicker than I could unbox the Turtles machine. And it came down to the last wire, so much so that we don't know who won. We asked in the comments section for people to vote, and pretty overwhelmingly it was like a build a bank on EGP. Mm. I brought home that gold. And he brought home Congratulations again. He brought home a sour tum tum. Oh he was miserable. It was bad. Really? Yeah, he was it was
0: I mean, it is a it. lot
1: of pizza, but
2: if you don't eat – I mean, a standard like lar- – I don't remember how large Domino's larges are. Most pizzas' larges are around 2,000 calories, so if you don't eat anything, it's about a daily food load.
1: Yeah, I could see that. Well, and he didn't – it was crust gate because everybody was like, you didn't eat the crust. Greg doesn't eat crust of a pizza in general, so he said – Oh, I so he doesn't eat pizza. It can't eat crust. Right? You dip that stuff. That's good stuff.
0: Now, or order a thin
2: if you really don't. Well, I usually get thin
1: crusts. But... He wanted thin, but I said, no – no, oh, okay well I blame Aesthetically you. and visually for video purposes, that's not gonna fly here. I said make sure the pizza place cuts it in a triangular cut, because we don't want no square tavern style pizza here. That's not good for a video. So he went with it. We no, I agree with a
2: triangle cut, but I think you could have let him have a thin. No,
1: it's not hand-tossed a hand tossed or something. It was a hand tossed. It was a okay. hand tossed one. Alright, so it wasn't like deep dish. A little fluffy though. Oh. <laughs> It was a
2: little fun. We had fun doing that. All right, so you stacked the odds a little bit against him, but not egregiously so.
1: We also did a a first impressions video that was a lot of fun. And then we did a gameplay video where I pulled out the streaming rig and put a really good game. uh, And I haven't got that far in Turtles since, I don't believe. So go check out those things. And to close out our news here, Multimorphic has been making some buzz. They are the pinball innovators over there. Um, they had a an announcement of a Bluetooth audio headphone support. That's supposed to be a game changer.
2: Mm, I heard about that. Yeah.
1: Did that? I I didn't realize that was people didn't have that. I figured Jersey they Jeff have headphone have that by support,
2: now. but I think they're all audio jack. Oh,
1: okay. Now, obviously,
2: in other things, we're we're quite familiar with Bluetooth headphones. Mm-hmm. But I think Multimorphic's way will actually allow when like Player One and Player Two step up, like it switches over to which. Which person? Because that is impressive. Can, I don't think it can multicast out. It to It changes channels and
1: stuff. That's impressive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that idea, and it it only makes sense, especially in the world we live in now, where you can take your headphones to the arcade. And if all these manufacturers were doing that, you don't have to worry about plugging in stuff and and gunking up the porthole and instead. So, pretty cool. Multimorphic's doing it. Let's just just not. Not picking up like I'd like them to. It's a cool game. I still want to play Heist. I really, yeah, Heist really want to play Heist. Yeah, Heist has
2: got a lot of positive buzz.
1: If you guys want to go see Heist, I know that Gamma Goat's been streaming Heist as well as uh, Kevin Maney from Buffalo yeah, just Buffalo. got a Heist. I think they just uh, did a big they thing. They did with an that. unboxing. Yep, yep, yep. So go check those out. And also, friend of Dennis Creasel, Nick Baldridge. I don't know if I've met Nick, but Nick Baldridge, one of the most intelligent people in pinball, if not the most. He announced a new game that he is developing for the multimorphic P3 system titled Ranger in the Ruins. Pew pew.
2: Oh. I don't think it makes that sound, but if it—if I had made it, it would.
1: I thought it was like, I wonder, like Ranger. I think of a lone Ranger. Mm. Is it kind of a, like a Legolas style archer? I thought it was going, to take my horse down the Old Town Road. I'm going to. Right we have had a lot of requests for there not to be moved, I so. tried not to sing damn it it's just it's joy and it pours out of me seeps out, my pores. out of my pores pours out of my pores this game by Nick Baldridge, being developed Ranger in the Ruins is a roguelike format in gaming bringing it to pinball I'm confused can you educate me Dennis what is roguelike gaming format
2: uh, it's essentially a type of role-playing game. Usually
1: Ooh, how I associate, kinky, with, Nick,
2: I usually, I associate with like a dungeon crawlers, the style usually, but the, the main highlights are the levels tend to be procedurally generated and permanent death. Permanent uh, death. Uh, that doesn't yeah, sound yeah. Nice. So, so in pinball, that would word? Be like one ball only sort of stuff. Usually now roguelikes, uh, Usually let you earn something that you can carry over from playthrough to playthrough, like a currency upgrade so that it gets easier to get further as you go
1: along. Is that where they were talking about Internet connected ghost data? I didn't understand that either. It just sounded like that, a sp- spooky kind of thing. That's less
2: roguelike versus... Well, I'd have to see how it was implemented, exactly. But, like, there are other RPGs that have done things. Like I'm thinking Dark Souls, for example. If you're connected online, people could write on the floor where danger was and give little messages. And anyone who walked Ooh. into that area would be able to see it, even though they're playing that's their own single-player cool. game. So that sort of ghost stuff that has to do with the internet connectivity, but you don't need something like that to be a roguelike.
1: Well, yeah, he was talking about like other people that are connected to the internet. Other players can like give items, but those items may be good or bad to the player when they're playing. It seemed really mm. complicated and When exciting. that happened with the
2: messaging from the, the ghosts, so to speak in, and, and dark souls, sometimes yeah. they'd say jump here. And if you did, you died because <gasps> they were trolling assholes. Well, it's not a very friendly game.
1: Well, Dark Souls doesn't uh, suggest it's friendly. No. Hmm. And then he also talked about pixel art. The first, okay. to his knowledge, of what uh, a pinball machine that was going to integrate pixel art. Again, this is all gaming stuff to me, and I'm ignorant to it. I will. Admit. A lot of
2: roguelikes are
1: pixel art. What does that mean?
2: Uh, you've you've uh, you know Nintendo Entertainment System and stuff that's pixel. art. Oh, like art.
1: a like an eight bit yeah. kind of. Yeah. Gotcha. What's the benefit of that? Is it just more now it's in a 2020 style. a style? Okay. Like a nostalgic style. Yeah, yeah. A lot thing. of people
2: started doing uh, – well, you know, like on the display for, for uh, Deadpool mm-hmm. where they went that 16-bit style. That's pixel art. Oh, ah. It's like now people actually – back in the day, that was just the best the systems could do. But I see. Now it is an aesthetic style to do pixel art because obviously our technology – the P3 screen could let you have like – Yes. christopher franchi painted landscapes yes. you don't need pixel art anymore but some people do it because it's sort of bright and cartoony and it, it brings back memories of old rpgs and and platformers and stuff like that
1: hmm. he also said it's going to be a one ball game oh that would fit with the roguelike aspect that's the one per- life the permadeath that's it. yeah one 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 ball one life i'm not i'm i'm okay with that that seems i want to that's play how this his, game uh,
2: his quest for glory homebrew project okay. he's been doing on p3 it's a one ball as well
1: is he done with that it sounds like that that is almost i think he's still
2: trying to get some uh, f- uh some of the art still needs to be okay. upgraded to because he was having all the art hand, uh redrawn oh I see. By, like he was hiring artists to do it and i don't think all of that's turned in yet but the game is built
1: itself. now he doesn't have licensing so of course he cannot sell that game
2: no i i think he's checking on that but uh, and i wish him luck with it but Unfortunately, there was a company, or excuse me, Activision controls that. Oh,
1: that's and, a big one.
2: And uh, there's a game that's a spiritual successor to the video games Quest for Glory called Hero U. And it's done by the people who I believe who were involved with Quest for Glory, and they could not obtain the rights to call it Quest for Glory. Mm. So maybe they'll be more sympathetic to pinball. I don't yeah, know. They seem to kind yeah. of hold that one with a tight grip.
1: Yeah, I don't see it happening. But this Ranger in the Ruins sounds original, so he may mm-hmm. be able to sell this in the yeah. in the multimorphic marketplace.
2: Sure. I don't I don't see why it would be a problem. There yeah. are a lot of uh roguelikes in the video game sphere and a lot of them are pixel art and a lot of them are easy for small teams of people or mm-hmm. single individuals to develop because the procedural generation usually means you don't have to like make a whole bunch of maps there's like a randomness to yeah. it so anyway it's just a it's a style that a lot of people enjoy okay uh, i always recommend the binding of isaac if people want to
1: try a roguelike cuz i think it's the best one out the there the binding of isaac yeah that sounds kinky as
2: well i'm like if you ever see the little face with the tears running down its cheeks in twitch that's from binding of isaac
1: oh I know what you're talking about. Never knew the reference, but now I yep, do. That's what it's from. I, I'm the worst nerd ever because every time I hear role playing, <laughs> I always think of something kinky. Hmm. Well. Yeah. Like Well that's applicable too, but like not When in you say dungeon crawler, I'm like, ooh, I wonder if Nicole would be up for that. <laughs> Go. Get at the shackles, hon. We're playing a dungeon crawler tonight. I called prisoner first Dungeon Crawler. I guess Dungeon doesn't have to be. It could be like a Tomb Raider kind of thing. Oh, I'm gonna go real quick online. Cosplay outfits. What size is my wife? I'm looking for a Laura Croft as we speak and ordered. We were gone for a week, but now we're back and maybe we give you a double dose of this week's Pinball Show presents Pinball Market Trends, baby. you ready dennis sure buckle up because trending up this week is teenage mutant ninja turtles ellie by stern pinball how can that trend up dennis they're all sold out
2: people are buying them for more
1: unused i guess look at you you're like a you're a great pinball market trends correspondent now maybe we should have that
2: that segment's already way too long.
1: Dennis is correct. The LEs are selling on the secondary market brand new in box for more than MSRP. They're going up, up, up. I don't know where the ceiling's going to be at for these, but they, go, they got sucked up real quick once they were announced. People are unboxing them. They are living up to the hype. So they're selling for more than your MSRP of, what's the MSRP on those? 9099 9199 they're selling for more. I've seen them sell for like ten, over ten thousand dollars, and it's not even Christmas, Dennis. It's hmm. not even Christmas. So if you got yourself an LE, I think I think you'll you'll be uh you'll be satisfied if you ever need to resell that. It's going to retain its value very much like some of the recent releases that we've seen. Jurassic Park has retained its value very well. Iron Maiden has retained its value very well. So congratulations for all those TMNT LE owners out there. If I'm forecasting here, I think you're going to see that dip a little bit once premiums start to roll out because as we know, it's just aesthetics on the LE that differentiates itself from the premiums. All the mechanisms and stuff are the same. Also trending up this week is practical marketing expertise applied to pinball. Huh? How about it? Yeah, no pizza ordering action button ideas with the newest pinball marketing personality, Travis Murray. No, no, no. We've got actual... Practical marketing expertise that we now can apply and some of these manufacturers can apply and at least think about when it comes to pinball bravo nicely done little clap there hear that little clappy Dennis little clappy yep. for him mm-hmm yeah I can't clap for this next one because trending down is Black Rose one of my favorites I love Black Rose what the hell happened to it I'd like to have a Black Rose but no what's what I'm finding is in my in my thorough research here at pinball market trends is that it's not necessarily the higher end black roses those are still on a a slight increase when it comes to money i'm talking about the players condition black roses we've saw some pop up in the marketplace usually these don't pop up very often but there's three or four in the marketplace right now so that you can get one of these for like mid twos now keep in mind listener six months ago these were three thousand dollar machines. We're in the mid to upper twos now, depending on condition. But what I found is the discrepancy in that separation between a player's and a really nice example, that is enlarging. Those are going up. The nice ones are going up because there's a lot of insert wear on those playfields. The cabinets fade a lot. So if you have one that has been refurbished to a good degree, no playfield wear, that is going to bring you even more money. But for the average ones, that's actually going down a little bit, and you're finding those mid-twos. What do you think about that? That was more of a complex trend there, Dennis. Is there Mm. appreciation there? Huh? I'm diversifying, baby.
2: Yeah, it's different for you.
1: And also trending down, this is what Dennis loves the most, is when I talk about non-pinball-related things. Trending down this week is when you record fucking Facebook fireworks. People... I I want to see your fireworks I don't care if you're putting them in slow motion I, I have you seen these on Facebook Dennis
0: A few.
1: Well, do we care who cares about fireworks on I TV don't. That's like a fireplace on TV no one cares I can't feel the warmth I can't feel the the reverberation of that sonic. <laughs> 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 I like the crackling ones. So you know what I do care about? Trending up this week, Terry! Year after year, he rings in the 4th of July. For me personally, there is nothing better when it comes to 4th of July than hot dogs. Fireworks. And Terry trying to put it in reverse again. That's right. You guys know I'm in love with a man named Terry that uh, had trouble lighting a firework a couple years ago. And he's in a motorized wheelchair, but his wheelchair was messed up. I don't know if it was old it was malfunctioning and the damn thing would not go in reverse, it wouldn't go in forward, and he was stuck in nearly in the flames of a firework, and it was hilarity. I felt bad about it, but it was hilarity as well. And he was smiling as he was wheeling off. It is my it's my favorite thing on the internet. Hold the in hands,
0: Tico. go. Okay. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. on. Two cars come. You got two cars coming two different ways. Here you go, there. Uh, Bag up, bag up. Bag up, up. Terry. Put it in reverse, Terry. Put it in reverse. Oh, Lord.
1: Lord (checkAT) Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, Oh,
0: Jesus. What what you doing, Terry?
1: My favorite thing on the internet, always will be my favorite thing. The damn wheelchair that malfunctioned belongs in the Smithsonian. But I will report a follow-up to Terry's story. I don't know if you know this, Dennis, but a group came together and actually... Donated a brand new, very specified motorized wheelchair for uh, this gentleman. So it ended up with an awesome, awesome outcome. So thank God that uh, Terry and his family were uh, gifted that. I can't get over this video. You know how many times I watched it yesterday, Dennis? Nope. At least 30. At least 30. It was a long drive to Chicago and <sighs> back. At least 30 times. Oh my God. What you doing, Terry. What is he doing? Hmm, great sport there, Terry. And for all of you messaging me this video, usually I would be annoyed by somebody messaging me something that I know I'm gonna get blasted with everybody that's messaging something. But this one, every time somebody messaged me that video, I I took time to watch it, because I love Put It In Reverse Terry. Holding steady this week, we talked about it before, but it is true prices-wise on the secondary market for Stern Stranger Things is now holding steady. I'm attributing these, these steady prices to the new code updates, to the thoughts that maybe there's going to be some more code that's going to fill it out even better than it is now. On the pin side, top 100, it's sitting at number 39. Not too bad, considering it's ranked higher than the likes of Guardians of the Galaxy, Game of Thrones, Star Wars by Stern, and even Spooky's very own TNA. What do you think about that, Dennis? Stranger Things ranked higher than Guardians, Game of Thrones, Star Wars, and TNA. Hmm. I'm a little surprised at some of those. Winner, winner, chicken dinner! And on select pros, Luke Crate that bitch up! You might be able to win yourself a Ouija board or a Dungeons & Dragons Stranger Things game. Trending in the future should be Luke Crate Pinball (laughs) Purchase Oh, you want an original print by Zombie Yeti stuffed into that pinball box? You got it! One in 20 games are going to have that. Ooh, you like the accessory armor that's going to come out in six months? Well, wait, no more. One in 25, the premiums are going to have that. Mirrored back glass that's only on the L.E.'s. Guess what? One in 15 premiums and pros are going to have that feature. Shaker motor, one in 50. You name it, it's coming. I wish. I think they'll listen. I'm going to call Tony. Tone? I don't have to call Tony. He's listening right now. And we can't segue out of this segment without going over this week's DEALS OF THE WEEK. Bye, bye, bye. So a rough one. The old larynx there. Your deal of the week this week can be found on Pinside by Twin Mice. It's not one mouse, not thrice mice, but twin mice out of Canyon Country, California, the Triple C. If you go on pinside right now, a Star Wars Premium by Stern Pinball. It's virtually new. I know because I sold it to him. It's damn near brand new. It comes with the limited edition topper. All of that and more. Sixty-eight hundred dollars. Bye bye bye. Not too shabby. I know that uh, they're having trouble making those Star Wars toppers. Uh, I don't know if it's parts or just they're delayed. I don't know what it is. But that topper alone is going to fetch you 750 to to 1000 bucks, Guaranteed. So if you take that off you your mid-fives on a nice Star Wars premium, virtually new top game, oh, come on. He's got some other mods on there as well. That is definitely a considerable buy, buy, buy. Buy, buy, buy! I'm, I'm going to tell you, listener, I actually still wouldn't mind having a Star Wars Ellie. If anybody out there has one for a good price, I need the damn thing mint. It's got to be juicy. I'll buy a new one too if you guys got it in the box. But I don't know. What do you think, Dennis? Is that crazy of me still wanting a Star Wars Ellie?
2: It's not crazy,
1: but over the I, premium comic I wish,
2: book. I wish you were one. I wish you were one of the people that once you got rid of a game, you were actually done with it. Oh, really? You can't miss a game. I never have. Really? I sell them when I'm done with them. Why would I sell it if I'm not done with it?
1: Geez, I hope you never break up with me. I'll never see you again.
2: Well, I know a lot of people go and end up reacquiring, so I know that not everyone's like me. I just think that your life would be easier if you were.
1: I, look, I've have got a I've got a buddy like that here locally. He's a pinball guy, and he's very much like that. He will keep a game until he knows that he never will have a need or want for it again, and then he gets rid of it, doesn't look back.
2: For me, it's more of a, I mean, I could see, like, there are games that I, I still like them. I sold them. Yeah. Uh, it's just, there's so many games I've never had that I think there's probably plenty of game out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the challenge is now, as I've gone along longer and longer, I still have the same amount of space. But there are more and more games that I'm not done with. So, uh. And I don't know if I will be. So it's like, yeah. it gets It's gotten harder. It used to be easy to get rid of games. And now I have to really think.
1: Except for poor Buck Rogers.
2: What about poor Buck Rogers? Didn't you get rid of him? No, I still have it. <gasps> I haven't streamed it. Uh, I think I need a I think I have a transistor I need to replace on the New, New, Wompf, New Wompf board. Because oh. uh, the 7,000 bonus light's always on, so that's my suspected thing. But Does it register it or, it. like,
1: Maybe. does it give you the 7,000 points or is it just like a Oh flaky? yeah, the scoring's fine. is The light's just always on. I see. I see. Okay.
2: I haven't oh. really looked at it. I just turned it on the other day to check something and then I
1: saw, hey, where's that light on? That's not right. Always fun dealing with those Gottliebs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's also trending up. Um, Gottlieb System 1 coverage on Silverball Chronicles. Yeah? Wow. They're really getting some listens. Them and final round. We're gonna watch them, Dennis. They're gonna take our crown.
2: Well, they they offer something that a lot of other shows don't, including this one.
1: <gasps> you stop it. And that was your fit Mom! Motherfucker. Market trends, market trend, market Bing. I think they appreciate that. That's yeah. more a jingle rather than singing. They don't singing. want singing. No They'd jingles? Like market trends to not be over 10 minutes. I heard if you jingle it more than once, you're playing with it. <laughs> That's what my mom always said. <phone rings> Dennis, I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the question, but um, are you up for a new segment before we tell these listeners and lovely people goodbye? Uh, Okay. I didn't really have a backup plan if you said no to that. Oh, okay. Let's play a new game. That's not even a new game. We're just going to call it a segment. A new segment that we're going to call The Pinball Show's Name That Creasel Reaction. You like the sound of that, Dennis? No,
2: you should rename it. I would have went with shock and awe. Damn
1: it. That's better. Okay. You now, yeah, I'm not going to edit this out, but all right. We're going to go with a new segment called shock
2: and awe.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It just sounds cool. Did you mean for the awe to be uh, drawn out? Yeah. Yeah. I okay. thought that was just because, you know, we'll
2: m- uh, you know shock and awe sound too similar, but if it's like, uh, and shock is more like, <gasps> you know, oh, gasp. Trying to convey both extremes. <sighs> cute puppies and uh, oh no the entire town is in flame because a cow
1: kicked a lamp (laughs) that's why they pay you the big bitcoins all right so listener here's the deal you are informed as much about the segment as the host dennis creasel here's what's going to happen i have all kinds of juicy juicy non-airable information some of this information is scandalous some of this information Is really exciting, but I can't do anything with it. But in confidentiality, I can talk to my one of my best buddies, Dennis Creasel, about it. And what we're gonna do in this segment is I'm gonna mute out everything. (laughs) For God's sake, believe me. I gotta mute it all out. But what we're gonna pick up on is Dennis Creasel's reaction to this newfound information. I can assure you, listener, that this information that Dennis Kreisel, I promise you he has not received it. Even to this, you're hearing my voice. He has not heard of it yet, so he has no clue what it's going to be, but I assure you this is something that will drastically change the way he views this hobby. Wow. All of the information that I will be giving Dennis can be backed up and is documented, so if he has any question into the truthfulness of it, it's all documented, so I rest assured when he's getting this reaction, it is based on the truth. Whoo! this sounds edgy. What do you think, Dennis? I've I don't know.
2: It's going to be really confusing to people because they're not going to know what you said. So. Well, that's the point. I
1: mean, I know, you know, but
2: I just don't know how well that ultimately works. Essentially, it I just, almost like you're just teasing people with knowledge you have.
1: No, the people can't. This kind of information, I, I wouldn't want to bestow upon people. Okay. I'd, I wouldn't want that for them. But you, on the other hand. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Great. I had a professor like this who once we <laughs> it was a political theory class and we had to you know we had to read books by Locke, mm-hmm. um, Aristotle, Ooh, Locke, I've read some Locke. And yes. but he assigned us some other author who covered Nietzsche. He didn't mm. assign us one of Nietzsche's books.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And someone in the class asked, "Why are why are we not actually reading Nietzsche? Why are we reading someone's interpretation of Nietzsche? And he said, I never assign undergraduates Nietzsche. I
1: would never you can't do that read to that them. stuff. Yeah. I
2: hated that class. Oh, I thought it was going to be understanding political ideologies and things. And instead, that's a, a philosophy of, class, a bunch of Hobbes and Locke and Nietzsche. And I, oh. st- I struggled my, it was an honors class too. And I struggled mightily with
1: it. You look get a little there.
2: We can't too. Yes, love it. I just, I remember all the way up through the midterms. I just could not get my grades up in that class. And it was really hard.
1: That's a and
0: really I finally went
2: and talked movie. to him. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> this is a total aside. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Because he, I gave him like this midterm, midterm report, massive report. Mm-hmm. And he said that I needed to cover like these additional topics. And I said, well, yeah, but I had 28 words left before I hit your limit. So what should I have cut? to have covered what you want me to cover. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, you could have gone over the limit. <laughs> I'm like,
1: thus I'm like, there is a I, limit. I, no, what, uh, I the
2: was point? like, uh, I think I said, oh, what I thought was <laughs> you because that was some bullshit. <laughs> Don't give a word limit. If there's not a limit. I mean, no. it's like, it's he didn't want me to cut anything, but he wanted me to add more stuff. What a bunch of crap.
1: Uh, maybe he's being meta. I never
2: took another political theory class after that. Cause that burned me. So well, much
1: he's like, that. that's a, that's a social psychology uh, experiment right there. Are you confined by the suggestions of somebody by the man, or do Apparently you branch I was. out? Apparently, you're playing
2: by the rules, the rule follower. So, we'll play by your rules here, too, because that's all I do is play by the rules.
1: No, we need a rebel, Dennis. No, we don't. God, no, we don't. I've seen a little bit of that, little hints here and there. We don't want that. All right, Dennis, here we go. Prepare for your world to be changed. <laughs> Whew, so Dennis with that being said <laughs> reaction um, uh, wow that truly right was that tell the listener was that pretty eye-opening and were you expecting something like that I was not surprising um
2: uh in a way some things that I Didn't always make sense to me, make more sense with that knowledge now, Mm. but I'm
1: lost for words here.
2: Well, I'm, I'm concerned that, that this isn't legal. Oh, wow. Interesting take. I mean, I'm not an attorney, so I can't, I can't give, I can't give a legal opinion on it, but, uh, Wow. Concerned uh, that, that it is illegal. That, that that wouldn't have been disclosed
1: is my concern. Mm. Yes. My concern as well. But has nothing to do with me. So it is what it is. But that uh, shed a little light there. So if you were naming your emotion here in this segment of shock. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, not all. Uh, it's uh, more, uh, uh, more.
2: More on the shocked. Uh, more on the shocked level. Uh, I'm not like conceptually the idea behind it. I get Mm -hmm. like, I I see the attractiveness of it, but, Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure that all the proper steps were followed to actually do that in a legitimate fashion.
1: Mm. Yeah. I don't know the details of that to know whether or not it was, but that's a big one. That's pinball. And that ladies and gentlemen was the pinball shows shock and all nice little fun segment there that uh i'm i'm sorry dennis i'm sorry yeah i'm not sure i wanted to know that that was one hell of an episode dennis thanks listeners for tuning in again sorry for the break we're back and i'm happy to be here where can people find more uh more dennis greasel
2: oh they can always go over to collectedgamers.com or email collectedgamerspodcast.gmail.com and i check that pretty
1: regularly nice and they should subscribe to your twitch channel too if great. they want to. Yeah, if they want to. You can catch me at Straight in the Middle of Pinball Show, Pinball at gmail.com. We have a lot of fan interaction in, in the comments section, so pay attention to that. We have some free giveaways there, too, if you want to win some like stern banners and different things we're going to be doing uh, and we're currently doing, so check that out. As well as flipping Out Pinball Streaming, we got to stream this Monday night for uh, BD and Bill and Studio B of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Pro and hopefully I'll jump back onto streaming. Check out Travis Murray and all his YouTube and streaming um, channels because Flippin' Out Pinball is doing sponsorship with him. He just did receive a, uh, a TMNT LE, so you're going to see mm-hmm. Travis streaming that, and he has a Hot Wheels on order too, so you're going to see that as well. And I'm telling you, people, go subscribe and follow to his YouTube channel because it is highly produced And it is very contemporary and very much what other people on YouTube are doing, not in pinball. It just makes sense. He's got good entertainment value, good equipment. Go follow and subscribe to Marv Loco over on YouTube. And if you're ready to buy a brand new pinball machine like a Toidles or an upcoming rumored game from a manufacturer like CGC, I wonder what that's going to be, or a little JJP action. Hit us up at Flippin' Out Pinball, 812-457-9711, or Zach, Z-A-C-H, at outpinball.com or on the website, flippinoutpinball.com. Get yourself an Escalera. I used one yesterday. Oh, saved my life. TPN stuff, we would appreciate a review on iTunes. We need to get those reviews up on that. Uh, checking out our website at thepinballnetwork.net, emailing us at thepinballnetwork at gmail.com, following us on Facebook and YouTube. Those are really important too, especially the Facebook. The Facebook stuff is really, really good because we're always giving you updates with what's going on uh, in pinball and what's going on specifically with streamers and podcasts. It's like your one-stop source for all uh, information and entertainment there. So check that out. So what's going on this past week at TPN that we missed uh, during our break? We had a final round episode, number 11. They had Andre Massenkoff in, a West Coast competitive player, really fun guy to listen to. So check that out. We had Just Another Pinball Podcast, episode five. A really nice take on just finding some positivity in pinball. And we're poo-pooed on that with negativity sometimes about talking so positively. But it's a good take by Joel over there at Just Another Pinball also, we have a new podcast alert, Jesse J's Pinball Adventures. Did you did you hear this one? Yep, I did. Woo! The return of Ryan C. He's the co-host of this new podcast on TPN and his friend Jesse J as she uh traverses through uh being a pinball noob and learning all of I'm scared, I'm terrified that she's learning everything from Ryan C, but it's very uh, entertaining. Yeah, she's like she's snarkier than he is. She is. Yeah.
2: And sometimes filthier,
1: too. My yeah, word, well, not safe for children.
2: Yeah, uh, that that one is definitely uh, <laughs> deserving of the explicit tag. Right. That ain't no lie. Uh,
1: I mean, their first episode title was... Zingy Bingy. Zingy Bingy. Yeah, and they talk about that. Oh, yep. man, I, f- I felt like I needed a bath after that discussion. You can also check out Silverball Chronicles when they discuss Gottlieb System 1 and their upcoming episode is going to be covering Steve Ritchie, The Mullet Ears. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, everybody's anticipating their, that. their
2: uh, Steve w- Ritchie saga. hmm
1: And we made an appearance on Silverball Stories episode four, The Pendersons. Uh, yeah, I
2: did a commercial thing for
1: yeah, him. An 80-90s sitcom take uh, on a pinball story. And I will tell people that was actually, because people are like, where'd this story come from? That was actually based on a true story from one of my experiences. uh dramatized and actually under-dramatized in some situations. But... Um, the pendersons check that out coming up this week on tpn is going to be some fresh new streams we have all those new streamers you're going to hear those announcements here soon as well as all the regular podcasts so stay tuned for that so for dennis crease am zach minnie be nice to each other play some pinball and don't be out of quarters that's actually a good tagline there, dude. Nice job. Yeah, there's a little twist on a old coast-to-coast side. I uh, know. Yeah, I caught that. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I caught that. I like that. Yeah, man, and always practice safe pinball. And one million views up. Bye-bye now. Oh, it's